judge a person and it turns out you didn't have the whole story? Ever learn there was a lot more to that story than you first realized? I'm Kimberly. And I'm Rebecca. Join us as we separate the little lies from the big reputations. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. We are here again. We're here. We're doing it. Yes. We've made Very it. Excited. And especially excited because uh, you just recovering for some surgery and I was a little concerned how your, uh, how your my, ability to speak would be. Oh, it was terrible. So I had two wisdom teeth removed, which is, is barbaric and I hated it. But like I'm better now. The first day I could not open my mouth without any pain. So that was the worst. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. It's all soup. So many soups. So many soups. We just had soup for we lunch, We just had too. soup. I've been making soup. You made very good soup. Thank you. But I've been making soup, like, all week in preparation and, like, smoothies. So, mm. like, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to chew. So, like, I was prepared for it. But liquid getting... diets make me sad. <laughs> I mean, all I want is something crunchy and salty. Like, that's all I want. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can have, there's pudding in my house, there's ice cream, there's kale smoothies, there's like all sorts of things that I like that are liquid that I could drink. But I'm like, man, I would have a pork rind right now. And I haven't had a pork rind in fucking <laughs> ages. But like, I want what I can't have. I guess that's, I guess that's the nature of being a human being, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> a bit traumatic, but still. <laughs> when I was at the dentist, it, it was weird because they're like, we don't need to knock you out for this. And I was like, I would like almost prefer it because it seems weird. But they're like, no, you're OK. So they just numb the whole area. But- trigger trigger alert for people oh, who are yes. like traumatized by dental talk. I mean, it, it's me. Hello. Let's start a let's start a group because I hate it. But this story made me more traumatized. So you can feel them. You can't feel it because it's numb, but you can feel like the pressure of them pulling it out. And like this dude, like put his foot like on the base of the chair to like leverage himself to rip these teeth out of my Oh mouth. my God. I hope you all skipped ahead if you have. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. And first when I come in, the, there's this very sweet, like, I guess, dental hygienist in training. And she's like, so you're here to get like your two wisdom teeth ripped out, right? And I'm just like, that's the worst way you could have said that. She had to be like 20. And then she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm new. And I'm like, mm, you're terrible. But like, she's very sweet. And she put on like Netflix for me. And like I'm watching some show, I'm still watching that show Tagged on Netflix, which is, it's not great, but it's fast paced. So you put it on and they have a TV in the ceiling. It is very fancy at this place. So they have me watching the show as this guy's ripping this tooth out of my mouth. And I'm just like, I can't concentrate on this. But like a really dramatic part of the show happens. And uh, the doctor looks at the TV, looks at me and goes, what are you watching? And I'm like because his hands are in my (laughs) mouth so there's another dental hygienist there and she was like dr so-and-so like what do you watch and he's like uh i don't know i've watched everything on netflix i'm so bored i'm trying to get more into podcasts what are you listening to and now the two are just talking about podcasts and i'm like i have a book and i can't because their hands are in my mouth (laughs) and i'm like business cards this would have been a perfect time to be like out of my pocket here's a business card listen to this but I didn't because I didn't have business cards and they'll never know. Now I have to go for a checkup. I might be like, hey, remember you were talking about podcasts? I mm-hmm. have one. Um, but I was just like, I need to leave now. 
Because they're like still trying to talk to me and I'm just like, my mouth is filled with gauze. I'm like, they're like, don't swallow, don't drink, don't do this. And I'm just like, I I need to go lay down because... Yeah, I had my wisdom teeth out and I was knocked out because there were four of them and they actually had to like, like they weren't all just there waiting to be pulled. Mm -hmm. And um, they they put me under and I do really bad with anesthesia. So like they literally had to like take like they had finished the next surgery and they needed the recovery chair and I was still like barely awake and they like made my sister take me home. But (laughs) love you, Brooke. I had one taken out before and they put me under because it was like lifting. It was like weird stuff happening. But it was really nice. I just woke up and was like, my face kind of hurts. But like the imagery of seeing someone like grunt as they're pulling. What is essentially pliers? They use like shiny pliers. I am definitely going to tweet out a warning to people to skip the first five minutes of this episode. (laughs) It was not. Listen, I wish I could have skipped the first five minutes of my life at that point because I was like, what is happening? And everybody's just like, ha ha ha. It's fine. I'm like, it's not. It's this is like a this is you're doing pretty well considering this was only like four. Yeah, this is like Thursday. Yeah, it's Saturday. No, no. Today's Monday. It's Martin Luther King Day. It is. Yes. We are his dream. We are? Isn't it like... Because we're working together? Yeah. Okay. Races, working together for the greater good. Yay, the greater good podcast. Podcast and <laughs> and messing people up with teeth talk. But what are you about? Because my life is just teeth. But what are you up to? Um, well, we're in between semesters right now, but um, that means people need to be enrolling in classes. Mm-hmm. And when not enough students enroll in a class, they cancel it. And when you're an adjunct and they cancel your class, too bad. They don't just give you a new one like, hey. No, no. So um, one of my classes had low enrollment. Mm -hmm. They need to have, I think they usually try and get at least 15 to make a class run. Okay. You can sometimes get away with it with 12, but they certainly won't let anything with under 10 students run. And so one of my classes didn't have a high enrollment, I think, because it's in person. And oh. in the morning and two days a week. And, and I think it's a lot right now. Yeah. So I lost a third of my income for the next five months because oh, of God. that, because they pay us by class. So is there a possibility of picking up another class? So not in my department, but I did put two feelers out. I asked the English department where I used to teach if they might have something. And there's a, a class at LaGuardia that may need an instructor. I'm not sure. Okay. That one doesn't start till March. Okay. But it would still be another class that mm-hmm. would help supplement the income. So, yeah, students out there, please enroll in courses early so yeah. that they don't get canceled. Because if you want to take it, but you're kind of putting it off, mm-hmm. that you risk it not running at all. And, yeah. you know... Your professors are kind of counting on that income. <laughs> so that's that's my life right now. I'm trying to scramble around and get an extra class so that I can have some at least the same amount of income. Yeah. But yeah, it's um adjunct life. You hear that? Yeah, that sounds like somebody's radio outside. 
Wow. We do actually get some street noise here. I know you think like it's only a Williamsburg thing, but <laughs> I moved in case you couldn't see the uh, what you're talking about, Willis. Look on my face because I'm like, all right, quiet over here. It's definitely quiet, but the fact that you picked up on anyone talking at all is like in Williamsburg, you'd be like, whatever, people are talking. That's just what happens. I don't. I'm I'm always I'm always ready. There was a weird scene this morning. Uh, you can leave this in or take this out. I stood up and like my bedroom window looks out on like just the street in front of us and then there's like a parking lot for the grocery store and there was just a hand cart in the middle of the intersection with a tub like a full tub and two like metal sinks in it and i was just like what am i looking at so i was said to the, <laughs> i said to, to my husband i was like get get up look at this and he's like yeah that's a sink and tub <laughs> What is that? And I'm like, I, where is anyone? So we're looking up and down the street to see like whose tub is it? It's one this? of those if you see something, say something yeah. moments. <laughs> so this this gentleman comes over and he throws in what looks like a toaster very like aggressively into like the tub and it like makes this loud noise. And then he takes off. He pulls, starts pulling the handcart like up the street in okay. the middle of the street. And then he turns a corner and we're just like, and good morning. Scrap metal. That's, the, that's what we figured. But we're like, where? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Where, where do you get the tub? Where do you get the hand cart? Did, is there someone who's going to wake up and be like, where's my tub? Like, where did he get that stuff from? And how did he pick it up? Because he didn't look very strong. Mm. I don't know. It was very weird. It was a very weird five minutes of the morning. Okay. And I was like, all right, I got I to gotta go record a podcast. So I'm going to head out. But I don't know what this was about. <laughs> Speaking of recording a podcast, uh, we're talking about Pamela Anderson today. Yes, we are. So we're going to be discussing her. She is a Canadian American actress and model. She's known for her numerous appearances in Playboy magazine and for her work on television series like Home Improvement, VIP, and most notably Baywatch. Yes, absolutely. Everyone knows Baywatch, mm -hmm. um, or at least any of us who were alive in the 90s. After that, we're going to look at how Anderson was portrayed in the media, especially after the non-consensual distribution of her sex tape with her then-husband, Tommy Lee. And you may recall that sex tape as we addressed it in our revenge porn episode. Mm -hmm. Then we'll consider some of the truths beyond what the media portrayed, including reactions from Anderson and Lee to the infamous tape. Finally, we'll wrap up with what Anderson is up to today, including the different ways in which she participates in global and local activism. Trigger warnings. Uh, there's going to be some talk of domestic violence and sexual assault. Like Pamela Denise Anderson was born July 1st, 1967 in Ladysmith, British Columbia. That's in Canada. Yes, it is. Actually, I'm uh, taking a trip there in June with my brother and my husband. So, Are you going to go see Pam Anderson? <laughs> I, I don't think so. That's yeah. not in the plans. We are taking a road trip. We're, we're flying to Vancouver oh. and driving across British Columbia and ending in Calgary and Alberta, the next province Whoa. over. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's a 10-day road trip. Um, when is this? Why didn't I know about this? I don't know. It's my. It was my brother's high school graduation oh, gift. Oh, okay, I do But know. of course, he graduated two years ago, yeah. and we've just had to put it off. But okay. uh, yeah, I just bought the tickets to, to fly. It's mid to... It's the June, the June 20th okay. and till the end of the month or something right. like that. Her parents, Carol, a waitress, and Barry, a furniture repairman, had a second child five years later, and little Gary, mate, or Jerry. <laughs> what is this, Parks and Rec? It's Parks and Rec. <laughs> it's G-E-R-R-Y. 
I think it's Jerry. Jerry? Like, probably from Gerald. Maybe. Well, her brother's name is Jerry. Okay. And that made them a cute little family of four. Anderson's childhood was not easy. Her father was an alcoholic and her mother regularly juggled multiple jobs to make ends meet. Her mother was also a cancer survivor. So not much is known about her childhood, but in 2014, during a speech at the launch of her foundation, the actress said that she was molested by a female babysitter between the ages of six and 10. Only a few years later, at the age of 12, while visiting a friend, she was raped by the friend's older brother. He was 25 years old. When she was 14, her first boyfriend raped her, and then so did his six friends. Good Lord. That's yeah. that's so much for any one person to handle. I yeah. mean, any of that is, but... Yeah, but like all lumped together, that's a really heartbreaking childhood. Yeah, and even when all this happened, she didn't tell anyone until no. 2014. Like, she was long grown. Mm-hmm. And she actually ended up emailing her mom to yeah. let her know, like, okay, well, this information's going to come out. So I just wanted to let you know. Give you a heads up. Yeah. And her parents were shocked. You know, yeah. her mom felt like she had failed her daughter, right? In an interview, Carol stated, I was such a hands-on mom, but obviously I didn't pay enough attention. I mean, this must have been really devastating and hard for the whole family. And it definitely made them question everything. But the only person to blame here are her abusers. According to Rain, the Rape Abuse Incest National Network, only 310 out of 1,000 sexual assaults are reported to the police. That means more than two out of three go unreported. So her not telling anyone is not uncommon. Well, yeah, because even the ones that do report, a lot of times not much is done. Yeah. So despite all of these obstacles, Anderson graduated from Highland Secondary School, which is canadian for high school mm -hmm. in 1985 and a few years later she moved to vancouver to work as a fitness coach while at a football game she was featured on the jumbotron wearing a labatt's beer t-shirt she was stunning and the company reached out to her to hire her as a spokesmodel i mean that's like you the do. <laughs> yeah right that's the first lucky break, and it led to many more local advertising opportunities. But the biggest and most life-changing would be a call from Hugh Hefner. He ran a little magazine um, called Playboy. Hmm. You know, I don't know it. Yeah, no, never heard of it. And he wanted her on the cover. So Playboy. Anderson actually appeared as the cover girl for Playboy magazine in October 1989. And in an interview, she speaks about how shocking the Playboy call was. She's like, I was so confused. I told my mom about the offer and she said, do it. I'd do it. I was so shy. I was sick. They, they got the cover in the first roll of film because I was in tears. After a while of shooting, I became so comfortable, though. They had to stop me before I walked out of the studio door nude. So I guess zero to a hundred, right? Like, right? Yeah. Once you get in your comfort zone. Good for her. Yeah. She gives the magazine a lot of credit. Like she even credits them for saving her life. Anderson told Us Weekly in 2018 that modeling for Playboy was therapeutic for her after she had suffered sexual abuse as a child. I was painfully shy as a child. As a young girl, Playboy empowered me. I felt very trapped inside and needed to free myself. And it was a breakthrough for me. I, I just want to say like, you know, for all the disparaging remarks that we hear against sex work or mm -hmm. sexual uh, photography and video and that sort of thing, like, 
there really are some empowering elements to yeah. it depending on the individual. And I so mean, we shouldn't criticize just exactly like it's a person having control over their body. And for Pam, like this, you know, needed to happen. So yeah. it was probably one of the strongest things she's ever done. So while the media and the prudish just saw a woman who had no morals and loved to be naked, there's actually a woman who was taking control of her body. Like we said, yeah, this is her choice mm. for once. Yeah. Like what's happening to her body is based on her decision. Anderson also got involved in acting. Between 1990 and 1991, she had a handful of, you know, one-off roles, which is pretty common in your early career. Yeah, when you're just starting out. On different television shows like Charles in Charge. Remember Charles in Charge? You I, might not. I don't know. I did. I don't I remember watching it, but I don't really remember particular yeah. episodes. I remember the theme song. Yes. He's in charge of our wrongs. And our rights. <laughs> and our days and our nights. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't know. But if I had to pick like a male nanny, it's always going to be Tony Danza. I was Tony obsessed. Danza. A male nanny. But that wasn't Tony Danza and Charles in Charge. I, I'm oh. saying if I had to pick a male nanny, because that was a thing for a while, right? Like, I guess I'm only thinking of the two shows. Yeah. It would be Who's the Boss for me. Like, I was obsessed with Who's the Boss. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, other shows included Married with Children, Days of Our Lives, and Top of the Heap. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either, but you know, good for her. British. Or Canadian. I mean, she she was Canadian. Yeah. She actually landed her first recurring role on Home Improvement. So for two years of that show, she played the part of Tim the Toolman Taylor's girl, Lisa, on Tool Time, right? Not his wife, his like pretty assistant on the tool show uh it was like a A show within a show yeah Yeah. i i do remember watching that because like jonathan taylor thomas i mean yeah i remember i was supposed to like him and i always thought he just looked shiny like (laughs) i wasn't really into him but i was supposed to be and it was just like all right i'll watch this show yeah yeah fair Fair, fair, fair. And so she left Home Improvement um, when she was offered a role on Baidwatch. This put her on the map and she ran her way into homes. Slow motion. Slowly (laughs) strolling on the beach. Uh, If you aren't familiar with the show Baidwatch, uh, it followed the life of a group of lifeguards at Malibu Beach in Los Angeles. The leader of the crew was David Hasselhoff as Mitch Buchanan. Pamela was the lead actress as CJ. Casey Jean Parker. The storylines usually featured swimsuits for men and women, heroic swimming, and occasionally crime solving. According to the Baywatch wiki, CJ, Anderson's character's skills included kayaking, rock climbing, and rappelling, athletics, hang gliding, scuba diving, running, kickboxing, and various other outdoor skills, and even playing the saxophone. You know, just rounded out there. Like you do. Cultured. Anderson was actually quite skilled as a saxophone player and um, her debut episode features her playing a solo on saxophone. So I guess they, they brought that in because of yeah. the actress. Like they were just like, yep. All like, right. what, what else can you do? I'm pretty sure she's in a bathing suit playing the saxophone on a rock. I looked at it very quickly, but you can Google it. Maybe if I can find a video, I'll put it on the Instagram. That would be that would be great. Uh, This show was huge. It did so much for her career. Um, It had a weekly audience of 1.1 billion viewers. However, the critics did not love it. But like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Because Anderson made about three hundred thousand dollars per episode, and at the peak of Baywatch, she made roughly six point six million dollars per season. 
I think that's fantastic, but my question comes, I want to know what David Hasselhoff was making because oh. I'm sure there was an imbalance there anyway. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Also, he might have been bigger. He was. He had the well, whole Germany thing, I mean, right? That's true. But yeah. like, still, they were both lead characters, right? Yes. I don't know. But like, he was the lead lead. I guess like if if you were ranking them, like not based on like male lead or female lead, like he's the lead. And then yeah. she was like underneath Supporting, him. yeah. Yeah, supporting actress. In a 60-minute interview, Anderson speaks of how surprising the show's success was. She states, it was a huge hit internationally. It was the biggest show in 150 countries. I didn't even know there were 150 countries at the time. When the cast would travel and get swarmed by paparazzi and fans would turn out, the cast were shocked that it was for them. And also, I just want to add, like, there are actually 195 countries. Sure. Name them. I cannot. But I, I would say, like, you know, it's, surpri- it's not surprising that it wasn't airing in all of them or, you know, yeah, famous. I'm, like, I'm you thinking know, of ones China, that... Korea, Cuba. Yeah. Like, I can see it not being there. Maybe they got it later. Maybe. I don't remember watching Baywatch in Cuba when I was there, but... Uh, Wait, why would you? <laughs> you were there about your education. What were you even talking about? With the success of the TV show, Anderson was able to make her way into film. In 1994, she got the lead role in a film called Raw Justice, followed by Barbed Wire in 1996. These movies did less than well. I mean, the, the names of them... Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. After five seasons of Baywatch, Anderson left the show to spend more time with her family, Speaking of, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about her marriages. Okay. So when it comes to love and marriage, Anderson has literally given it her all. Five marriages and at least 10 engagements she's got under her belt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, When asked about the struggles of finding love, she says, I believe in love. I don't like to be divorced. I loved being married. The marriage was the difficult part for me, but I love the weddings. Once should have been enough for me. So her first marriage was to Tommy Lee. He was a drummer and the founding member of the heavy metal band Motley Crue. The two met at a New Year's party in 1994 after Anderson sent over a shot of Goldschlager to Lee. He thanked her by coming to her table and licking her face. That's what I do when I have Goldschlager. Listen, no, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. But like, you know, a good lick on someone that you're... affectionate with sure but like a stranger in a bar i don't know she wanted to be affectionate or he wanted to be affectionate with her i would still like even if i bought someone a drink and they came up and licked my face i don't think i'd be a fan yeah i think he was super wasted at the time not that that's a excuse but that's a reason but yeah yeah well they didn't speak for weeks after that he came to see her while she was working in cancun and four days later the two were married so you know that Goldschlager puts you on a fast track. <laughs> so instead of wedding rings, the two got their names tattooed on each other. Pam got Tommy's name on her finger and Tommy got Pam's name a little somewhere else. Somewhere that we might see in their sex tape. <laughs> Not that I watched it, but I'm saying like, I was like, I didn't watch it, but I've heard that. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes. They took a little honeymoon and spent it taking video footage of each other frolicking around naked and getting drunk on a boat. That's what I'm going to do on my honeymoon. Okay, well, lock up those tapes. (laughs) 
The couple was young and in love and uninhibited and liked to be naked. I mean, good for them. Whatever. Yeah, right? It's their private business. Let them and do like, it. They're both really attractive. Or Tommy was at the time. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All I can see is Sebastian Stan. <laughs> and I'm mm. okay with that. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, these tapes that they made, they threw them in their own safe and they never really thought of them again. Like they didn't go back to them, but they mm-hmm. kept them to... Yeah, why not? It's their property. Yeah. yeah. Pam was known as the quote unquote good girl until Tommy. She was never late for work. Baywatch had a 4 a.m. call time. So this is pretty impressive. A newly married Pam started to miss work and started cutting scenes early. In an interview, she speaks of life with Tommy. Tommy wanted me to be on call for him. He wanted me to wear a beeper on the back of my swimsuit so that he could always reach me. No. Goodbye. Red Forget it. Red flags. Out. You know, like those red flags they put on the so, beach? Yeah. I was thinking that. of the red flag meme. I've seen it around like, it's just no. like a statement and then a bunch of red flag emojis. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking like she could literally like spike one on the beach, like red flag, something bad's happening. Yeah. That. That's bad. Yeah. That makes more sense. It's a Baywatch mm. connection. Well, beyond these controlling issues, the couple's first year was bumpy. For one thing, their garage was broken into, and a few of those previously mentioned sex tapes were stolen. Yeah, so we spoke a little bit about this in our revenge porn episode. Which, Go listen. Yeah, you should You should already have listened to it. Honestly. Episode 10. Yes, but that's your pause. Go listen to it. How great was it? You're back. So let's recap. So when Pam and Tommy came back from their honeymoon, they moved into Tommy's house, which was under construction. Apparently, the work was taking too long, and what had been done was really shoddy. Tommy abruptly fired the crew and then refused to pay them. Mm. Which is not great, but also, like, if you're a rock star who's, like, done with people's shit, like... If you're a rock star who's done with people's shit, you've got enough money. Just pay them to get out of there. True, but I also I feel like, like a, weird... a bit of a hothead. Yeah. Ran Gauthier, the electrician, and a contractor went back to pick up the tools from Tommy's house. They ran into him. A fight broke out. Tommy pulled out a gun and demanded that they get off his property. This was the final straw for Ran. Tommy and Pam had made this dude feel like shit, and he wanted revenge. So the plan was to steal the giant safe that was in the that he knew was in the garage. He camped out outside of their house for months. He was basically casing Ew. the joint. Yeah, right? That's Great. weird. So he broke in at like 3 a.m. to steal the safe. He thought it was only filled with Lee's guns and Anderson's jewelry, but it was also filled with dozens of home videos. Good times. Yeah. So aside from being a shitty electrician, Rand was also a former porn star. Yeah. Like you do. Sure. Good for him. Yeah. So he takes the tapes to his porn star contacts. Yeah. He knows people who work in the industry. So he takes the tapes. So a bunch of the tapes get spliced together. And it makes the most famous sex tape in the world. Well, right, because these tapes weren't only sex tapes. And so they like no. probably cut out the, the sort of most scandalous scenes mm-hmm. and, and put them together. Well, all of this is happening. Anderson is expecting and the two of them are nesting, you know, picking out baby names. And they don't notice the safe is missing. It's not one of those things that they access daily, right? Mm-hmm. By the time they notice and call the cops... Anderson is seven months pregnant and this tape really was not their main focus. It couldn't be. Brandon Thomas Lee was born June 5th, 1996. He was quickly followed by his brother, Dylan Jagger Lee on December 29th, 1997. Around this time, Anderson left Baywatch to focus on her family and, you know, a court battle over their stolen property. 
1998, their tape was the best-selling explicit video of all time, which the couple didn't see a dime with any of that money. Yeah. So that's fun. And in addition to the stress that the tape was causing, Tommy Lee had a temper and could get pretty loud. Mm-hmm. In February of 1998, things had moved from more than just shouting. In the middle of a heated argument, Pam tried to call her parents. Lee grabbed the phone and slammed it down. Tommy kicked Pam and then tried to take Brandon from her arms. The two began to wrestle and the cops were called. Do, do we know who called them? Like, was it a neighbor? Was it, was it Anderson? Neighbor. Okay. So yeah. it was like the loudness that, that drew yeah. attention to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Lee was charged with spousal abuse. He was given six months in prison and ordered to undergo counseling. He was prohibited from contacting Anderson. You know, that didn't really work because they did try to uh, get that old thing back for a while. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, unfortunately, it is something that often happens when people have children. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you know, you want to try and stay together for the kids if you can. Don't um, do that, people. Yeah. But it was it was too late. And that was the end of their marriage. There were many factors that doomed this relationship, but the the tape was one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and having kids so quickly after being married was another. And in a 2020 interview, Tommy spoke about how having kids changed things. He said, now I was full on non-existent, unable to step back and see the situation from any reasonable perspective. I turned into a whiny, needy little brat. Maybe it was my way of becoming Pamela's third child, so I'd get the attention I needed, too. I wonder if the uh, counseling brought about that uh, self-reflection. Yeah, I mean, probably. um, But, like, this whole, like, oh, I was non-existent. She didn't see me anymore because she Mm -hmm. just was paying attention to the kids. Like, dude, that's what happens when you have kids. I yes, like I'm not saying no. you should give up your entire relationship, exactly. but I'm guessing I, she wasn't, and that the demand that he wanted mm-hmm. was higher than well, what I she mean, could give. He wanted her to carry a beeper and like be at his beck and call. So like, but, I get. I mean, I don't get that, but I get being like, oh, I was the number one person around here, and now I'm three out of like these two kids. You're like, a grown I just ass want man. My wife. Get over it. I. You're you know a grown what? ass man. <laughs> I get it. I I could see both sides. Mm. I could see how he like missed his wife because now she's a mom and she might not have time for him. But I don't think it wasn't like she left and she was gone and there, he, she wasn't there for no, him at but all. Like, you're raising two kids. By the time you're ready to be you, you're I mean, exhausted. You he know, readily admits that yes. he was being a child. Yes, I get that. But I also get why he might have felt that way is what I meant. Like, I'm not saying that like he was justified and like you know, being a brat, but I understand why he might feel like now she doesn't have any time for me. Like this is my wife. And like, she doesn't have time for me. Well, anyway, the two of them are done after this. Yeah. Uh, this, this time for good, a newly single Anderson throws herself back into acting. She landed a TV show called VIP created by JF Lawton. The show revolved around Anderson, who is mistaken for a highly skilled bodyguard when she saves a movie star from a stalker. She becomes the head of an elite bodyguard agency renamed after her, VIP. Her character's name is Valerie Irons, and so it's Valerie Irons Protection. Her employees, who really are bodyguards, consist of model-esque women. So it's a bunch of, like, hot babes bodyguarding. Yeah. I think it, like a lot of fashion trends came out of that show, but it was it was really campy and people liked it. It ran for four seasons. All right. Yeah. So on the set, she met model Marcus Schenkenberg. 
he was well known at the time for being a Calvin Klein model. The two had a brief engagement from 2000 to 2001. They managed to keep their romance largely under wraps. Yeah, you know, I think after the the massively public relationship yeah. she had with Tommy Lee, it was probably something that she preferred to keep it a little on the down low. But in 2001, Anderson met the one and only Kid Rock backstage at a VH1 Divas show in New York City. What a time to be alive. I remember those shows. <laughs> Man, just me eating popcorn in my living room with my mom. And VH1. And VH1. So the two began dating and they were engaged in April 2002. They allegedly split in 03 over a disagreement about a prenup agreement that Anderson didn't want to sign. But a few years later, these two crazy kids worked it out and even tied the knot. Their wedding was on a boat. All right. Dreams. Not uh, for me. I would love to get married. I love boats. Whatever. I, I get seasick. Oh, you can't come to my wedding on a boat. You're married already. What if we renew our vows and we do it on a boat? Then I cannot come. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll stream it for you. Wow. But <laughs> unlike our wedding attire, these two were wearing bathing suits. This is the second time she's worn bathing suits, a bathing suit to get married. Her first marriage, she was wearing a bathing suit as well. With Tommy Lee? Yeah. yeah. They All got right. married on a beach, so it's kind of a... Now, a bathing suit? Not just like like a beach dress sort of sundress No, sort like of a thing? bikini. All I'll right. try and find pictures. Okay. But yeah, they got married in like a, a white bikini. I don't know if it was white for the Kid Rock wedding, but for Tommy, it was a white bikini. Got it. Yeah. So they got married in bikini, so I don't know what... He wasn't wearing a bikini. Whatever. Um, they were on a yacht in Saint-Tropez, which is like the most important part, in 2006. Swimsuits are clearly the new wedding dress. Yeah, well, you know, the last time that I bought a wedding dress was around the same time that I last bought a bathing suit. So, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a while ago. I don't wear bathing suits very often. I probably wear my wedding dress more often because I use it for gish. <laughs> you don't like the beach, right? Not particularly. Like, I'll do it. But you would be such a good beach friend because you're on the way to Coney Island. And I could, like, pick you up train yeah, if I mean, if someone convinced me to go, I would go. But what if I brought snacks? Yeah, I like snacks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go this year. Anyway, three months after this wedding on November 10th, it was announced that Anderson had a miscarriage. So Kid Rock was um, allegedly less than supportive. And on November 27th, the same year, Anderson filed for a divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. So she was remarried again. Uh, her last marriage was actually a double. In an interview with Ellen, Anderson spoke of being engaged to a poker player. She was talking about Rick Solomon, who you might remember from our revenge porn episode. He is the co-star of One Night in Paris, the sex tape with Paris Hilton. Oh, shit. So yeah. this guy in sex tape women, he yeah. gets around. Yeah, he does. Um, um, but what do you mean by her marriage was actually a double? Like, what does that mean? So basically, it's a double because she married him twice. Oh. Married and divorced twice from Rick Solomon, which is more attention than you should give him because he seems like a real trash person. Okay. So the first time they were married uh, in 2007 on October 6th, the ceremony was private and super short because it was held during a break between magic shows. I know you love magic shows. I fucking hate magic. We just had this conversation. Because <laughs> Anderson was a guest star as a magician's assistant in a Vegas show at this time. What a sentence. Yeah. Like 
Her life is crazy. I don't say so when I said I don't like magic, like I don't mean like Wiccan. I'm very much more into like the Wiccan culture than I am to like close up magic with like cards Slight of hands and, and lies. No thanks. And lies. It's 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 all deceptive. I don't like it. I just am not someone who's into magic. This marriage was was a bit of a mess though. Um, it was filled with accusations of cheating and lying, being hurled from both sides. In February 2008, Anderson asked for the marriage to be annulled, citing fraud as the reason. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sleight of hands. Sleight of hands. Taking hand. the money. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this is the same reason uh, his marriage to Shannon Doherty was annulled, FYI. So he was married to Sharon, uh, Shannon Doherty. Yeah, which he, keep her in mind because I feel like we're going to cover her. He had her. a sex tape with Paris Hilton mm-hmm. and now he's with Pamela Anderson. Yeah. I mean, okay. not in the... I think it was Shannon, Pam, Paris. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the time, maybe not. I don't know. Actually, you might be right. I think it might have been. I don't remember the years. He gets years around the either way. He gets around. Um, he gets around with very beautiful women. And Whore. <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> slut. In 2014, after a few years apart, they tried again. And they got married. This one didn't last either. Mm-mm. On April 29th, my birthday, in 2015... Her divorce was granted with a $1 million settlement payment from Solomon to Anderson. What a great birthday present that would have been for you. Yeah, you know, (laughs) happy 31st. Uh, Personally, I think it's Pam's choice of men that might be leading to the quick endings. She's been linked to the following. Fred Durst, Stephen Dorff, Robbie Williams, Mark McGrath, David Spade, and Chris Angel, who we all know is a douchebag. Yes, yes. Love your supernatural reference. Season four, episode 12. That's like the only episode I don't like because it's about magicians. <laughs> I don't like magicians. She's like, give me bloodlines, but don't give me Chris Angel as a douchebag. Is bloodlines the one that was that weird spinoff show? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. And like, I had watched it much later because like with Supernatural, I did like chunks. Mm-hmm. So like I'd stopped watching for a while because I was like, I don't like what's happening. I'll be back. And then like, that's how Supernatural went. Like, <laughs> If you didn't like one season, next season was going to be something completely different and you'll be in it. And I didn't watch it for a while. So I watched that and I was like, who are these people? And I was like, this must be the setup for a spinoff that I've never heard about because, because what went show is nowhere. This? It's one of the it, yeah. lowest rated episodes of the show. So weird. I was like, where are they going and who are these people? Come boys, come back. What is this? <laughs> that was a really bad episode. So bad. So I hate magicians. But Pam loves her relationship. So when asked about her relationship, she states, the lessons that I've learned throughout my past relationships is never to give up on love. Okay. I just love how optimistic she is. There you go. Yeah. So on January 27th, 2021, Anderson announced that she had married her bodyguard, Dan Hayhurst, on Christmas Eve in an intimate ceremony on the grounds of her Canadian home. The two had bunked down during the first COVID lockdown and love blossomed. They were married in the same spot that her parents were, and her folks are still together. So hopefully that brought some luck. Okay. It's also helpful to note that he isn't like an industry guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he's seeking any kind of fame and fortune. It's like Whitney's movie, The Bodyguard. Oh my God. Everything is connected. Aww, it's all connected. In an interview with Loose Women, which uh, I guess seems sort of like a British version of the view yeah okay 
Uh, Anderson describes her new husband, Dan, as, quote, the kind of man I would have met if I would have stayed home and not went around the world and gotten crazy. She goes on to say she feels like she has come full circle. I like love this for her. I love this for her because he does seem like real down to earth. Like he's got kids. She's got kids. And they seem like really happy. And like I'm knocking on all the wood. I hope it didn't mess up the sound. But like I hope it works out. Like she's right. Like she went out and like dated all these like crazy people because she was doing the Hollywood thing. And like, well, she's in her 50s. She's 52. So, yeah, she's yeah. ready to settle down. I, I guess. hope so. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So many marriages. So many. A lot of people would say that Anderson is just not wise, you know, and that she would rush into relationships. But honestly, there could be larger factors at play. According to Melissa Hall, a doctor in counseling education, childhood sexual abuse has been correlated with higher levels of depression, guilt, shame, self-blame, anxiety, repression, denial, and relationship problems. Hmm. Survivors of sexual abuse may experience difficulty in establishing interpersonal relationships. So this could be part of why she would rush into relationships before she'd get to know the person. And also why she might stay longer yeah. than she needed to in them. When you pair all of this with the fame of being one of the most beautiful and famous women in the world, do you think people want to be with you or they just want to be with a sex symbol? Right. I think... And this is like my opinion because I wasn't there, clearly. But I think that a lot of men might have dated her just to say they dated Pam Anderson. That's possible. Yeah. Without regard for her feelings. Like, it's just a funny story to tell about that one time that I dated Pam Anderson. I, those are the vibes that I get off some people. Like, I'm looking at you, Chris Angel. I'm also looking at you, Fred Durst. Mm. Yeah. One of Anderson's mentors, uh, Hugh Hefner, in fact, actually would try and dissuade her from jumping into relationships with all these men. In an interview for 60 Minutes Australia, Anderson speaks lovingly of Hugh Hefner and actually calls him her mentor. When she first got to Hollywood, he took her under his wing and tried to help guide her. When people would make obscene propositions, she would reach out to Hefner asking, is this normal? And he would tell her to go home. <laughs> he would warn her about people who didn't have her best interests at heart. Remember, she was 22 years old when she got to Hollywood. Yeah. And also very new to the world of acting and deal making. Anderson described quid pro quo offers that would come her way. And because of Hugh, she knew to avoid them. Like, I know I've spoken pretty harshly of him in the past. Maybe he isn't that bad, but I do think the Maryland stuff is still creepy. I'll stand by that. But he gets a gold star in his treatment of Pam. He definitely reached out and tried to help her. I, I don't know. I mean, it still seems a bit like grooming, if you ask me. Like, sure, he helped her in this way or that way. But it like what cost kind of, you know, like, I, I don't know. He just he rubs me the wrong way, no matter mm. what the circumstances. Like, I get it, but I feel like he had an agenda. But he never knows? tried any like or allegedly she says like there was no funny business or like sexy time with you so well that's something yeah pam's time at the playboy mansion was actually like you know going to a university she says she, she spent time with other models writers people she would wouldn't otherwise casually cross paths with it was great sort of expanding her mind and her point of view through these exposures 
With her history of not always being in control of her body, her doing Playboy actually makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. She got a lot more comfortable with who she was, and she was the one calling the shots. She had final approval over what the world would see. And there's definitely power in that. Yeah. But in terms of her acting, the critics have never really been a fan of her acting. No. I mean, she's never going to win an Oscar for, like, Best Dramatic Actress. But she's funny, and she's got good comedic timing. Pam herself is, a, is an engaging and free-spirited person. She's just better off playing herself. Yeah, and she has, right? I mean, this has led to her doing a lot of reality TV. She's been on Big Brother and Dancing with the Stars multiple times in different countries. She was also doing Dancing on Ice, which... <gasps> Was a British reality TV show? I've never wanted to see something so much. Like, I love ice dancing. And I'm very interested in this. Maybe it's on the YouTubes. Maybe. Anderson's son uh, is actually on The Hills, which is an MTV show. And it's a reboot. So she pops in from time to time as well. Another factor leading to her big reputation was the sex tape. The sex tape itself was not as big as the idea and the implications of the tape. I've personally never seen it, but I've read people, read about people who have, and yeah. they describe it. So apparently it's about an hour long. The last 10 minutes is where the actual sex is, the, the money shot, if you will. Most of the tape is cute couple stuff, like Pam showing off a tomato that they're growing in the garden. Tommy shows Pam a really cool rock that he found, you know, like you do when you're a toddler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they lounge in the bathtub. They lounge on a boat while fishing. They hang out naked quite a bit. There's even some wedding footage on there. Yeah, this is a slow burn. Yeah, it's you know? a slow burn to the <laughs> the last 10 minutes, which is like what people pay for. It feels like, it kind of feels like it would be a bait and switch to get this video that like has been deemed as like that's hardcore sex tape. Actually, yeah. That's what that's they what get you for get. purchasing porn mm -hmm. that was not consensually shared. Yeah, you get to be bored by a couple in love mm -hmm. and then like 10 minutes of sex. And it's like, well, that was a thing that I watched. That was great. I mean, the couple were notable before the sex tape, mm -hmm. but it brought them fame and a loss of privacy that they could never expect and not one that they were looking for. You know, if it had been done right, they could have rode the success of the tape into a whole new level of fame. But the trouble was they didn't want the so-called good things that could come from it. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that wasn't good for them. That wasn't what they were looking for. Yeah. Like, I think it might have been just a little bit different back then. Like they weren't looking to gain anything off this. They wanted it buried. This tape was a violation and any money made off of it was just dirty money in Pam's opinion. They said this, she says the sex tape being stolen and released was the cause of her and Tommy's divorce. Honestly, there were a lot of factors that probably doomed the relationship, um, but that was definitely one of them. Pamela and Tommy have spoken separately about the effects of the tape. Anderson stated... It was devastating to our marriage and really hard to get over. It was difficult for my family, for my kids and everything. It was hard. In a 2020 interview, Tommy spoke of being helpless. Lee said, not being able to do anything it was adding so much frustration and stress to our relationship. It was just consuming us. So those are just a few of the, the things that we can look at a little bit beyond the perception that mm -hmm. was given to us by the media. You know, when we look to what Anderson and Lee themselves have to say about the sex tape, I, I think that's that's really where we need to put the value of the situation. Yeah. I mean, the victims are the ones who should have the loudest story, the loudest voice. <laughs> So let's talk about her impact. Like, what's Pam's legacy? I mean, she'll 
obviously forever be known as one of the world's biggest sex symbols. Mm -hmm. She was on the cover of Playboy 14 times, which is more than any other woman. Wow. And she also graced the cover of the magazine's January, February 2016 issue, which was its final nude edition. That is super weird that it's not nude anymore. Yeah. Now it's like half-dressed people. Like it's supposed to be like No nipples and no pubes. No no beavers, (laughs) no. No nipples, no pubes. So while her face and name will always be synonymous with that little Playboy bunny, the little red bathing suit might be a much bigger identifier, which she still has and can actually fit into. Kudos, queen. Right? So both are iconic and helped her solidify her status as one of the hottest sex symbols of the 90s. But that is the least interesting thing about her. Yeah. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, she's also a New York Times bestselling author. What? what? Her debut star a novel was followed by a sequel called Starstruck. So fiction writer. Good for her. Fiction writer. Yeah. So she has all these causes that she's really outspoken about. Uh, In 2016, she spoke at the Oxford Union Society, which sounds really, really fancy. Really fancy. Um, It's one of the world's most prestigious debating societies. She spoke about the damaging effects of porn. She starts the conversation acknowledging her role in the problem that she's trying to solve. She's very aware that she is a sex symbol and that she might have have been marketed to the minds that she's now trying to change. I'm afraid that the world might forget how to make love. The quick and easy fix of masturbation leaves us relieved and frustrated at the same time. Too much access, too many young people are viewing images of what they think love looks like. I am concerned with how all of this translates into meaningful relationships, Pam said. Her goal is to start a sensual revolution to replace pornography with eroticism. Or, you know ethical porn because i don't think like pornography in and of itself is is the problem i think there are there are many other factors to it but the biggest one is the consensual aspect of it which we talked about in our revenge porn episode Mm -hmm. how many platforms don't have like great ways of weeding out the consensual Mm -hmm. aspect of pornography well i think she's even speaking to like beyond consensual like sometimes porn can be really degrading and it definitely teaches men like Women love to be spit and slapped, right? That's sexy and that's love. And like that's some people might like being spit and slapped on. But like you can't just go into a relationship thinking that everybody that's a conversation, you know? Yeah. 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 You can't just don't spit and slap on anybody. Everyone (laughs) don't do that unless you've asked. So I guess you're right with the consent. Yeah. It's all it all comes back. It all circles back to consent. It does. Yeah. We do have to mention the sex tape again, you know, because once it was released, it took on a life of its own, one that ended up bigger than Pam or Tommy. I mean, it's 25 years later and we're still talking about it. So in terms of Anderson's impact, we do have to mention that. So it started off a whole trend that Anderson's not really comfortable with. There's often comparisons made between herself and Kim Kardashian. They both got a huge surge of fame after a private act became public. Anderson does not want anything to do with her sex tape and says that she would never have chosen a sex tape as a, as a stream of marketing. The tape was the first of many celebrity sex tapes, and it led to some people establishing full careers off of just a few minutes of very personal activity. I think the biggest example of that is definitely Kim Kardashian. The smallest is probably Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Dustin Diamond, Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. The Pam and Tommy tape gave people an example of just how much money and fame was to be had. 
Another thing with Anderson is this idea of not taking yourself so seriously. You know, Anderson, when need be, leans into her blonde bimbo stereotype. People seem to underestimate her, and she speaks of how she uses that to her advantage. She says, it definitely got me indoors that would have been closed otherwise. Yeah, she's able to have an audience, have a platform. Um, She's able to meet with people who might not be interested in speaking with her about politics or animal rights. In an interview with Megyn Kelly, she jokes about people's low opinions of her, saying, I like not having much to live up to. I form a full sentence and they think I'm a genius. (laughs) Use what you got, girl. Exactly. Use what you got. Now, when it comes to activism, uh, Anderson is very involved. From saving the whales to banning bullfights, she's always ready to fight for those who can't speak for themselves. She's actually been a vegan since she was a teenager, and she has been working with PETA, or People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, since the early 90s. So she had a bunch of campaigns with them. I think one of the most popular ones was in 2003. It was the I Rather Go Naked Than Wear Fur campaign. So it called for Anderson and other activists to strip down for a photo shoot. She followed that up again in 2016 with a naked window display in a Stella McCarthy boutique in London. The two of them later collabed for a vegan shoe line. Anderson has also started her own vegan boot line. All right. Yeah, they look like Uggs, but they're vegan. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Anderson isn't afraid to speak up. And in 2006, she actually reached out to the prime minister, Stephen Harper, um, to discuss Canada's annual seal hunt. But he refused to see her. Getting nowhere, she and Sam Simon, the creator of The Simpsons, you know. Of course. Of course. uh, They got together and they offered the Canadian Sealers Association a million dollars to take a season off. They refused to see her as well and nothing was changed. But like... I don't know if you know anything about sealing. Sealing is an off-season activity conducted by fishermen in the Canadian East Coast. So they make, on average, a small fraction of what their annual income is from sealing. It's happening now, and it really sounds like some capitalistic bullshit. Yeah, I don't know much about sealing or, like, why, like... You know, I feel like even with deer hunting, like sometimes you need to do it to bring down the population. So I don't know anything about seal populations and overpopulation if that's a thing i I had a thing about what it is i think i might have checked it out because it freaked me out okay Um, well if you're all interested uh give it a google yeah it's it's pretty violent so we're not going to talk about it but it's not for population anderson has also widened her focus to include climate change social justice as well in 2021 anderson distributed over 10,000 vegan meal kits across british columbia and the united states where climate change fueled fires were wreaking havoc the goal was to introduce people to the more env- environmentally friendly vegan lifestyle. And, I mean, honestly, that is sometimes debatable. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, you got to do something with these animals. I don't know. I've got, yeah. I've got feelings. But good for you for living your life, Pam Anderson. Yeah. She just might save the planet. Maybe. All right, so final thoughts, takeaways. So while researching this, I found it funny how many people think of her as like just this men-hopping hussy. Uh, There's a real stigma behind divorce, but I think the flip side is that she's just a person who decided that a situation wasn't working for her any longer. And she left. Yeah. And I think there's something incredibly brave in that. I think Pam is brave to keep her heart open for so long to, to so many people. After all that she's been through, like her childhood and then the sex tape, like she's tougher than people give her credit for. 
Yeah, absolutely. I honestly didn't know anything about her activism. And I think that's a damn shame because, you know, simply because of the way she looks and a private sex tape that was released to the world without her consent. So much of the, the stuff that she does is ignored or pushed aside. Right. When we're only shown one dimension of a woman, we miss out on so much of who she is in the in the bigger picture. Wow. Right. This is what this podcast is about. Yes. That's, I mean, yeah, like. You wouldn't know those things. I'm like, now you do. So you can look at her in a different way. Like, I don't know. I love it. Absolutely. So a few resources and references that we used uh, while conducting our research in case you're interested in finding out more. From Playboy to Politics, Inside the Extraordinary Life of Pamela Anderson. It's the 60 Minutes Australia. Who knew they did 60 Minutes in other places? I did. I did. I <laughs> listen. I guess I'm just one of those dumb Americans who are just like everything's here, right? Like people do. I didn't know they had different versions of 60 Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I did, but I don't know how I knew or when mm. I knew. I just this I, one was pretty interesting. I liked it. Yeah. There's also a look inside Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's marriage by Deb Coggin. Pamela Anderson's Garden of Eden, written by Katie Weaver for the New York Times. Pam and Tommy, the untold story of the world's most infamous sex tape, which was by Amanda Chicago Lewis for Rolling Stone. Tommy Land by Tommy Lee. And of course, uh, well, we haven't watched it yet since it's not out until next week. We do have to mention the new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. But you should definitely check that out, too, to further your information and understanding of this couple. I mean, also Lily James and Sebastian Stan. Yes. Oh, my God. Sebastian Stan. I'm here for Lily James. I love her. But Pam will not be watching. Pam wants nothing to do with it. Oh, really? Tommy is all in. He I loves didn't it. realize he that. He loves the idea of it. I think he even did some interviews. Well, now I feel a little it. uncomfortable like including that. No, I meant to include earlier that she doesn't want because she doesn't want anything to do with it. But I mean, I, I feel weird saying like, go watch this show that she doesn't. I don't know. I I mean... I think that it's information. I don't think that they're going to do her badly. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just I d- something she doesn't want to relive. She doesn't want to relive. Gotcha. At all. Okay. And I get that. But sure, I sure. don't, I don't think that, I don't think that Lily James is going to do a bad job or paint her in a negative light. And I feel like Pam hasn't seen it yet and she's never going to see it, but it might be something, it might be something like kind of what we did. Like you learn more about her mm-hmm. in a good way. Like I, I just don't think they're going to paint her in a negative light. Cause like, how could you with like, the eyes of like 2022 paint Pam in a negative light based on what happened. Right. But we'll see. Maybe it is terrible. And we'll be like, I'm sorry, Pam, you were right. We shouldn't have watched that. Well, we'll see. And like, you can always let us know if you watched it, what you thought of it too. What are your thoughts on Pamela Anderson? Be sure to share your thoughts with us and let us know if you have any suggestions of women we should cover in the future. Follow the podcast on Twitter at big rep pod and Instagram and TikTok at big reputations pod. Send us a message or email us at bigreputationspod at gmail.com. We'd love to include your thoughts in a future episode, and especially if you've seen the Tom and Pammy. Mm-hmm. Tom and Pammy. Yep. Do you friends with her now? Pam, <laughs> the Pam and Tommy uh, Hulu special and how it relates to what we've talked about here today. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to us while you're running slow motion down a beach. Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. Share us with your friends and your family. Subscribe and don't forget to leave a five-star review. And don't forget about Big Reputations merch. Check out the Redbubble link in the show notes or on our link tree. You can order a variety of items from stickers to hoodies to mouse pads and even blankets. All right. 
So let's wrap this episode up for the week. Kim, what do you got for us? So I've got a quote from Pamela Anderson, of course. Eventually, you just have to realize that you're living for an audience of one. I'm not here for everyone's approval. Love it. Night job. And as always, believe women.